I'm Nick Friedman. I'm Lee Alec Murray. And I'm Leah President. And this is Crunchyroll Presents The Anime Effect. We are a new show breaking down the anime news, views, and shows you care about each and every week. I can't think of a better studio to bring something like this to life. Yeah, I agree. We're covering all the classics. If I don't know a lot about Godzilla, which I do, but I'm trying to pretend (laughs) that I don't right now. Hold it in. And our current faves. Luffy must have his due. (laughs) Tune in every week for the latest anime updates and possibly a few debates. Oof. I remember, what was that? (laughs) Say what you're going to say and I'll circle back. You can listen to Crunchyroll Presents The Anime Effect every Friday wherever you get your podcasts. And watch full video episodes on Crunchyroll or the Crunchyroll YouTube channel. How can today's book lover decide what to read? With a vast array of choices... What to choose? Professor Jim Flynn is a world-renowned expert on intelligence and IQ and believes that reading gives you a deeper understanding of the world. He scoured the globe looking for the pearls by today's authors. You'll be surprised, delighted, you'll be outraged. But that's the magic of a book list. I'm Wallace Chapman, and in this 10-part series, I go in search of the best modern authors with Jim Flynn. Welcome to the new... Torchlight List. This episode on the new Torchlight List, we take on the authors and the books of North America. And Jim, I'm going to start with Jonathan Franzen, as here is an author I love. He's on your list, but it seems to me only just. Yes, I think he's very good on what happens to American families under stress. And uh, I don't discount him as an author. I don't think his style is up with the very best. I sympathize with him. I know in one of his novels he describes the U.S. as a rogue state. And uh, certainly if you look at its actions in the Middle East, it does seem like a rogue state. I thought, no, 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 I... I would call him outstanding. His corrections for me. Corrections is an awfully me, good it novel. It blew me away. Uh, I, no, I think it's his best, by the way. Yeah, but just no one else has got that way of understanding family matters. When they all get together at the dinner party. Yeah. You know, and the relationship between family, I could relate to it. I think he's unequaled on that. I've never seen anyone. Often people, when they look at American families, they write with melodrama. Yeah. You know, the grandmother is on speed and the, you know, the, the daughter is God knows what and yeah. the kid is a homicidal lunatic. But he takes the ordinary family and dissects it in a way that is unparalleled. So you enjoyed that book? Yep. Yeah, I did. Corrections in particular. And his others? Well, I, uh, maybe Corrections was too good. I didn't think the others quite lived up to Corrections. All right, Toni Morrison, uh, African-American professor emeritus at Princeton University, won the Nobel Prize and the Pulitzer Prize, a giant in American literature, and you recommend all of her books? I recommend her books. I don't think she ever wrote a bad book, but I thought her best book was Beloved and the next was Song of Solomon. Beloved is about baby Suggs, who was in slavery. And it's one thing to know about slavery and another thing to have it personalized by people who live through it. For example, she would like to love her children. But she's had these children, and in every case they've been ripped away from her. Sometimes they were sold. Uh, Often the children were arranged. They decided to breed her with a black from another plantation next door. 
and all of her kids have been ripped away from her. But one of the things that interested me and in Beloved was about the sundown towns. Uh, unknown to myself, I might have lived in one. When I was a young lecturer, I lectured in Whitewater, Wisconsin. And sundown towns were where blacks were not allowed in the city limits after sundown. And this was perpetuated right up into 1970. There was a town in 1970 named Anna, which was Ain't No Niggers Allowed, was the actual name of the town. And when I looked in the census data, often you included the word white in your town to show that it was a sundown town. I've never heard of this. A majority of towns in Illinois were sundown towns. And uh, when I looked at the census, I saw there were no black Americans who lived in Whitewater when I was there. So that was an education in, my, in itself. Song of Solomon also reminded me of something I knew. One of the leading characters in it is lynched purely because he owns a service station. And poor whites can't tolerate that. And you had lynchings. For example, one guy was lynched because he bought a new car. And whites thought, you know, who is this black with a new car uh, making us look inferior? There's a bit to get through North America here. Donna Tart, uh, you mention. Um, and it's interesting because I tried. Well, I Did you read you, The Secret History? Yes, I did. So what did you think of well, it? Well, I, I thought it was a fantastic novel, but I thought the ending let it down. It I, did a bit. Because I can recall the hype around The Secret History. The hype was yeah. extraordinary. I just haven't been interested in Donna Tart since. Well, I think you're right. I think uh, although the hype hasn't diminished, her skill has. Uh, the next novel, she, the first one she wrote, I thought was wonderful, the language and the characterization of the boys. Right. I mean, the boys just came through, the students came through so vividly. Uh, the next one she wrote was The Little Friend. It's not quite as good. For one reason, it goes on too long about the culture of crack addicts and... Uh, there's a lot of space wasted on analyzing them. There is, of course, a few wonderful incidents where she becomes aware of the extent to which her black maid has been humiliated in the community, and she's speechless with shame, you know, the thought this could be done. And then the final one is the goldfinch. Well, people have said it's as good as the little friend. I just don't think it is. I particularly found the Russian... I kept thinking, thank God we're rid of him. He's faded out, and yet he popped up again to have the novel uh, seen through his eyes. Uh, and there are good touches in it. But these are the only three novels she's written. All right, now, a master of American literature. Uh, he's received extravagant praise as a successor to the Russian masterpieces of Dostoevsky, Tolstoy, and has raised literary standards to new highs. This is the great Don DeLillo. Yes. And you don't rate him. Uh, I, I enjoyed reading some of Don DeLillo's work. Uh, I'm trying to recall what of his I liked best. What about Underworld? Oh, Underworld. Underworld is pretty good. It's about a kid, of course, whose hyper-liberal parents insist on sending him to the local black school, which makes of his life, of course, a total misery. That uh, is, every day he's robbed on the way home. If he has any money, uh, someone will look at him and say, what are you looking at? Well, of course, he isn't looking at anything. But this is an excuse to take the money away from him. Uh, to be interested in Underworld, it paints a wonderful picture of America and New York at that time. 
but you have to be terribly interested in jazz and popular culture and popular music. Pages after pages describe, you know, the pop music scene and the well, popular culture. Can I make an admission? Um, I usually like to finish novels. Um, I got halfway through Underworld, yeah. and I couldn't finish it. And it was too dense for me. That's right. And what put you off? Was it was it? pages and pages. Yes. <laughs> the, the, the pages and pages of descriptions just kept on. It stopped the story for me. I like a story. Yes, I like the story too, but I didn't like being told in an... No, no, I like a story. Yeah. You mean, you did you like the story of the book, how the book evolved? No. You didn't? That's why I stopped. Yeah, well, I didn't mind how it evolved, but I did find it was a continual interruption to be told famous band leaders in American culture for two chapters and, you know, paintings in America and the tagging and how you had to be into tagging. And uh, these, I think, are New York tastes. I can imagine when people say it's the perfect New York novel... But I almost think you have to be a New Yorker to enjoy Interesting. it. Interesting. Okay, both of us couldn't get into it. Now, the Fight Club, Chuck Palahniuk. Yep. Um, you say, I suspect you will not want a steady diet of this kind of novel. What did you make of the Fight Club? The Fight Club was the only author I've ever read who could adapt to the modern pace that people have in terms of their attention span. That is, most people are spoiled for novels because on television and the net, they get a thrill about every minute. There's a car chase or a rape or a murder. And Dickens can't do that. He takes two chapters to develop, you know, plot and character. But in this novel, The Fight Club, he really does deliver a thrill every second or third page. And some of them are quite surprising. This guy in The Fight Club hates his life and likes being mutilated in prize fights. <clears throat> And he shows up one day, and he's got plaster all over him. And the boss says, you know, you're not very presentable to the public. And he says, you have so much money, and I have so little, and bashes himself in the nose and begins to bleed over his boss, saying, please, please give me money. And, and you get this stuff page after page, and I thought that he maintained it. But I can't see how you could maintain that pace of episode throughout Novel after novel. Yeah, you novel. see, for me, Jim, that's not for me. I don't like that viscerality, is that a word? Yeah. I don't like the pace. I don't like the violence. Yeah. For me, family settings, Jonathan Franz, and way more my style. Yes, well, I don't think that I would ever want to read novels of that sort. I just saw it as a tour de force of what, what a person could do if they sat down and said, I've got to give my reader a thrill every you, third page. Yeah, what do you think of those sorts of thrill novels? Some might say... American Psycho by Brett Easton Ellis. Why was that not in your uh, North American? I don't think I've read that particularly. All right. Okay. Well, there's there's one for you. Now, uh, I'm ashamed to say I haven't read, and do you think I should read this, Jim? Do you think I should read In Cold Blood by Truman Capote? Oh, it's a wonderful piece of work. It's a piece of reportage. He became close friends with these two guys who are on death row. And once they got out, you know, of prison, they had planned that they would go somewhere and murder people. And the description of their psychology and of the family they got, you know, it was an all-American family which was living in a wheat-growing area, and uh, they were perfectly adjusted and perfectly engaging, and yet these people come and pick them off one by one. And even that is described. It's not sensational in the sense that he emphasizes blood and gore. 
And the style is sublime. I've got to read it. Yes, you must read it. There's, there's, there's a segment and a great movie about him. Uh, and uh, he's by all the reporters, but he's very flamboyant in this fur coat. And the policeman goes, excuse me, who are you? Uh, are, you a, are you a reporter? He goes, oh, no, I'm not a reporter. I'm a writer. Yep. You have to remember that in America there are two really great novelists we haven't touched on, and that one is Philip Roth. Okay, let's touch on him yep. first. All right, what do you recommend from Philip Roth? American, I, American Pastoral? I think uh, American Pastoral is a classic novel that will live. It's about, again, an admirable guy, the head of a family who is a sports hero, and his daughter wrecks their life by becoming a revolutionary. And she disappears, but they're still looking for her, him, him and his wife. And he finally finds her, and she stopped being a revolutionary, but she's found a new way to destroy herself. She's become a radical Janist who's starving herself to death rather than eat living things. And his wife has become alienated. While he's unaware of it, she's having an affair and will probably desert him. And again, you talk about Franzen. This is about the dissolution of a family. Uh, under more dramatic circumstances. But it's a great novel. But Roth has written a lot of good novels. OK, you know. uh, before, we have, before we go to the other novelist that you want to touch on. The other novelist I want to touch on is E.L. Doctorow. Uh, I think Doctorow has written a whole series of wonderful novels. One, of course, was uh, The Book of Daniel, which is about the children of the Rosenbergs. You know, the Rosenbergs were... Uh, executed for being Adam spies. I remember when I was 17, I joined a picket line to try and get the Rosenbergs' clemency, and there were uh, American Legion guys coming by shouting, I had hamburgers for lunch, and I'll have Rosenbergers for dinner. And unknown to me, my wife, who was only a child of about six or seven, was on, eight, was on that picket line, though mm. I didn't spot her at the time. <laughs> he only died just last year, Dr. Rowe. Yes, and the, the scenes between the children and their parents in prison are just heart-wrenching. It's a wonderful novel by Dr. Rowe, but he's written a lot of wonderful novels. And uh, made into a film, too, Robert Altman's uh, McCabe and Mrs. Miller. That, by the way, is very good. Yeah. Uh, also, The Ragtime is a wonderful novel. It's about a portrayal of America in the first half of the 20th century. And it does something I normally hate. It mentions a lot of great names from Freud and Einstein. But it's done beautifully. And one of the features in it is Coalhouse Walker, who is going on a crusade for rectification of black grievances. And at the point where he finally gets some sympathy, he threatens the police and is killed. It's almost as if once he has consummated his crusade, there's no more reason to live. Now, uh, next episode, Jim, we are going to South America, the books of South America. Is this the place to read if you want a bit of romantic passion? It is indeed. The new Torchlight List with Professor Jim Flynn scouring the globe looking for the pearls by today's authors with me, Wallace Chapman. Botox Cosmetic, out of botulinum toxin A, FDA approved for over 20 years. So, talk to your specialist to see if Botox Cosmetic is right for you. For full prescribing information, including boxed warning, visit BotoxCosmetic.com. 
or call 877-351-0300. Remember to ask for Botox Cosmetic by name. To see for yourself and learn more, visit BotoxCosmetic.com. That's BotoxCosmetic.com. 